Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Andrew Wallenstein, Variety's co-editor-in-chief and co-host of this podcast with Cynthia Littleton, Variety business editor. Today's guest is Frank Sicha, Executive VP of Programming for Fox TV Stations. Frank is a nearly 30-year veteran of Fox, and he has been calling the shots on programming for the O&O Group for more than a decade. In his conversation with Cynthia, Frank is characteristically blunt about the challenges that local TV stations face in the era of fragmentation, particularly in daytime. He explains Fox's strategy of conducting regional tests of prospective new syndicated shows and how that's benefited the group. Frank also gives his perspective on how life has changed at Fox since most of the company was sold to Disney. Frank Sicha, Executive Vice President of Programming for Fox Television Stations and a 28-year and counting Fox veteran. Thank you for stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks Thanks for having me. Nice to be back in New York. Um, nice to have a beautiful view in this great new building. So thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting us. Things are good here down in, uh, what do they call it, Midtown East these days here. Yeah, it's, it's a little rainy and overcast, but it's a nice, it's a beautiful fall New York day. Let's talk about the programming that is coming out of Fox Television sure. Stations. For the last couple of years, you've clearly been on a ramp up of doing a lot more in-house development, a lot of some very adventurous formats, trying to break the mold. You are known for being very candid in your assessment of shows and what is needed, what kind of fresh thinking and fresh ideas are needed in daytime, which I think everybody would agree is a very challenging uh, challenging day part to program to right now with the slice of the audience being so tiny and spread among so many outlets. Yeah. Can you talk about sort of what what inspired you guys to really invest in your own original content, original development? And and this is something that started even before the company underwent the separation. For sure. Uh, yeah, with Disney. A, this yeah. started a couple of years it's ago. At least. I mean, I think there always was, you know, for a while, 20th Television you know, reported to us. And so there were always projects in, develop in, in development and being produced. I think... Um, you know, we learned a long time ago that, um, A, it was important to produce some of our own stuff, but B, to also realize that we couldn't do it all ourselves and that a balance was very, very important. And I, I won't go through the list of projects that had to fail before we realized <laughs> we couldn't do it all ourselves, but um, that is a fact. So, you know, as much as we're, you know, doing our own programming, um, you know, the partnerships we have with outside distributors are more important than ever uh, as well because there's just less of them, you know. And, you know, again, we have a lot of shelf space to fill across two stations and a lot of big markets. So, you know, that sort of balance between what we do ourselves and, and you know, what we bring in from the outside is, um, is, is, is more important than ever and as well as the idea that we need to do more and take more swings than ever. I mean, last, I would say over the last decade or so, you know, we were scratching our heads all the time. Like, why did, why do things only happen in September? Or why do, you know, failed shows stay on for a year, if not two years? You know, we just didn't understand that. We certainly think it contributed to a lot of our ratings erosion. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's true with our competitors as well. So the idea of trying to figure out new ways to bring more shows to the table for whatever length of time, 
three weeks, five weeks. I mean, God knows these days on cable, you know, the, the runs are six episodes, eight episodes, uh, you know, unheard of a decade ago, 15 years ago. Right. It's now the, the, the standard, even in broadcast. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see as many full 22, 24 episode orders. Right. Um, so why should that be any different than what we do? And, and, and I think in the end, it, it comes down to just having the right partners who are willing to think differently. And that has been a challenge mm-hmm. uh, in certain circumstances. But um, overall, I think people are starting to see that it's better to take a look at more things and Eureka, you know, potentially lose less money by even mm-hmm. doing that um, than taking these gigantic swings and, and, you know, really hurting the bottom line and having stations, you know, fail and have time periods fail. Now, doesn't mean you can't have big swings. And we've seen enough of those in the last few years. And, and there's a couple now that actually I think are doing, you know, sort of okay. And that's great for the business. But I think we sort of start with this you know, volume. We want to do as many things as we can. So 12 months a year, we all have new stuff. And, and I, that's actually my goal, you know, um, especially now without a syndication company uh, reporting to us, which has been true for a few years, um, you know, without that sort of how are they doing idea, right. um, you know, there's no other concerns other than trying to get as much first-run stuff on as possible, at least for me. That's the big deal. And you have, and Fox has been very much a pioneer in, in, in developing concepts and, as you say, putting them on for short runs, three weeks, five weeks, in a couple of markets, so you can just kind of test and get a sense of the pulse of the show and how people, how people respond to the talent. Can you talk about, are there difficult things in terms of, like, structuring contracts and deals for a three-week run, a five-week run? Is that kind of what, what you were saying when you need partners that will be more open-minded? Absolutely. Than- uh, you, know, they, uh, you know, the partners need to understand the end game. And, you know, the end, the end game is both of us have a hit. You right. know, how we get there has sort of changed, I think. And, uh, you know, it's if, if, you know, for years people said, well, it's a one in 20 business. You know, you know, one out of 20, you know, goes to year two or year three. Well, you know, well, then let's do 60 of them, you know, right. and, and, you know, and try to improve that batting average. Um, but for sure, you know, structurally, uh, it, it can get challenging. But if, if both sides have the same sort of end game, you can get to it. Um, and that's been really encouraging over the last couple of years, especially where, you know, Jerry O'Connell filled in within those Wendy time periods for us, which was just terrific because that's a real test now. That's not me picking four markets saying, you know, and praying. This is sort of a real look at a well-produced television program across, you know, 30, 40% of the country. Um, Well, that's a real test. Right. And by the way, we all got more first-run programming as a result of it, so... Right, and the Wendy Williams show, which is kind of the poster child for this process, that Wendy Williams began as a limited test over the summer, yes, and then uh, clearly you saw, you know, the indications were very positive, you went national, and and this was in partnership with Lionsgate and Debmar Mercury, Mm -hmm. you went national, and here 10 years later, it's it's still a very prosperous franchise. It was fun, Uh, a couple of weeks ago we had the star dedication, you know, on the the Hollywood Walk of Fame. (laughs) And, uh, um, you know, we were lucky enough to be there for that. And that sort of was fun to think about how the test was sort of a chair and a camera, a couple of drapes behind her, you know, and a disco ball. (laughs) 
and uh, you know, ten years later, she's uh, she's on the Walk of Fame. So we're 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 happy and for her and proud of her. She, nobody works harder. Um, but when I think about all the projects we've done since then, it just goes to show how hard it is to do. Right. <laughs> you know? You've got to get that. It is, it, is, it is tough to do. What other than ratings, and I'm curious if there are markets outside of the obvious New York, L.A., Chicago that you like to go to to kind of get a representative sense yeah, it's of funny. the country? It's, it's a good question. I mean, it, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, this many years into doing this, we realize there are certain stations we can put anything on and it'll and it'll rate. <laughs> you know, I won't. I don't need to get specific about that. But test pattern yeah, TV. Yeah, okay. no, there, there. We, you know, I, I mean, our Dallas station. We, you know, I don't, has never had a test that didn't do good ratings. Detroit. You know, there's a there's a whole handful of them. So you you know you you'll put those on because you'll see if a lot of people bail from whatever the lead in might be. <laughs> it's obvious maybe there's an issue, but. Um, you know, a lot of what we want to look at is to help help the the top markets, and and you know, in New York, uh, to me is, is 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 the most important. If you can if you can you know make some hay there, and then after that, Los Angeles. But again, L.A. There's just so few rating points around that it's it's harder to judge. Um, New York, there are still platforms where you can put things and, and really judge. You know, without saying, you know, names of shows that failed. We had one where, you know. Got a great lead in. People ran. They didn't walk away from the set. They, they ran. Fled. And then, right, and then they came back. You know, an, an, an hour later. So, as long as we can get those kind of reads in, in, a, in a big market like this in New York, you know, we can get a real, a real taste of it. And your savings in a test, if you were to. If, if you were to had rolled the dice on a national rollout, your savings in the test can be measured in seven figures in terms oh, of... Oh, yes. Oh, by, by, absolutely. And, and, and it's funny because we've been pitched shows that were supposed to be, if you ask the distributor, national launches, designed for national launches. We've refused to do that, have done tests, failed, and then said, boy, what a good thing... You're we welcome. That we, yeah, exactly. That, that we didn't go forward nationally with that. You know, there's a difference between selling something because you can and selling something because it's the right project uh, or that it fits in stations lineups or that the marketplace wants it, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, it, it, it's all a big learning process and that, and that's, you know, part of the fun of it. And the, your, one of your priorities this fall has been the national rollout of 25 sure. Words or sure. Less, a game show hosted by Meredith mm -hmm. Vieira. Mm -hmm. It's a real kind of a unicorn in an original format. My God, in this day and age, that's a headline unto itself. And getting somebody like Meredith, who, you know, incredibly accomplished, respected, well-known TV personality, that's got to be, you know, kind of a kind of a nice, perfect storm for you. No question. And and I, I remember that test. I remember that pitch. And I give uh, Stephen Brown and Jack Abernathy were perhaps more supportive of the actual idea than even I was because I think game show pitches play well in the room. That's sort of a new way to come and pitch game shows is like set up a mm -hmm. whole thing and play. And play the game excited with the about it And that's great, but that doesn't mean anybody's going to want to watch, you know. Um, but we thought there was enough there in the actual game. Um, you know, it had its success as a board game, and, you know, mm -hmm. we, we, that was great. But um, really attaching Meredith to it, I give Stephen credit for that, um, really sort of upped the ante on that. And I remember the list of hosts 
that they, that they were sort of considering, and there were some really good people in there. But she she was a game changer as far as no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big deal bringing her in, and and you know she was super professional with sort of a short runway to ramp up, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the original test, and uh, and it's been nothing but a pleasure to work with uh, uh, on the show itself. Which interestingly, another great thing about this format is you can wrap it in a couple of months for the right, year, right? And and you know that keeps the costs in this hemisphere, which <laughs> right. is which is nice. Um, so we're real happy with the, with the job that and was in, done on that in show. in success, you'll own that format. That format will be part 25 of... 25 words or less? Yeah. 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 In fact, from what I'm told, there's interest in the format um, in other countries, mm-hmm. in a couple of other countries. So, mm-hmm. you know, any, anything we can do to sort of bolster the situation would be terrific. But yeah, that one's ours, mm-hmm. which we're happy about. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. Um, let, we, we, you talked about it a little bit, but... You know, one of the hard things about programming daytime is, as you said, what, you know, is a point three cancellation and a point five is renew. The the marketplace in daytime is so diffuse across so many platforms that it's it's got to be so hard to it's got to be so hard to program. Not that it was ever easy to program, but to get a sense of what's working and what people are going to respond to with the numbers being so microscopic. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you know, unfortunately, the, the reality is a lot of it's economics. Um, you know, there are certain rating levels that a distributor can make money at nationally, and there's certain ones that that there aren't. Um, and and that is that is the struggle. I think the. The good news is, over the last few years, there seems to be more projects being launched and, and being attempted, which, I mean, that's the hope. I mean, that, that's what will save us, is, uh, is that idea that like, people will continue to take swings. And uh, you're right. There, there are, it, it gets to a, to a sort of a thin level. You're, they are looking at a couple of tents you know, here or there, particularly nationally. Um, and from there, you have to decide, you know, and what you have to decide is, you know, why is this going to get better? Because I think it's very easy for anybody to talk themselves into why something can stay on. It's a good idea that I think we should keep this on mm-hmm. because we can't. We should keep this on. But why would you do it if you didn't really think it was going to get better? And why is it going to get better? You know, what's the plan here? So... Um, you know, all that, all of it plays in. All of that stuff factors in. Yeah, sort factors of flo- floats around. I, I, I still love to go back to the show and does it fit in our lineup. We we did one um, recently where it just was something that just did not fit in what we do. And and it was clear. It was so clear. And what we learned from it is that, yeah, we have to be broader. We really have to pay attention to who's watching our stations. It sounds obvious, but doesn't always happen. Um, and, and program to those people. And, and uh, you know, which means for us, anyway, a little broader or a lot broader is really what we have to look at. Do you differentiate regionally much? Because you have such a large group covering so many markets. It's got to be hard to find something that's going to work in New York and also work in Dallas and also work in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't sort of look that way because the good shows will work everywhere. The hits will mm-hmm. work everywhere. But you have to... You know, no, I think you have to know that they can work in a New York mm-hmm. or an L.A. or mm-hmm. a San Francisco because you're not going to be able to produce them and do a national show if you're not getting oomph in those kind of markets. I think, you know, a lot of our competitors that don't have those big markets, the groups that sort of, you know, have gone into production mm-hmm. and done shows. A and, number and, of them and, have, you know, yeah. And this did well in Memphis. And, and, but that's not going to matter. 
you know, if you think you're going to go national. And so we really need to know that. And, uh, you know, I, th I think we've done some sort of regional things or some things up for certain markets. Um, years ago, we would do court shows as tests and court blocks and you know, New York wasn't really doing that well at the time, and so we didn't use New York. It was like if you could fit in a court block, though, it should work. You know, I, I can't remember the last test we did that didn't include New York. Now, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's really important. And and again, the hits, you can go back a hundred years. Well, Seinfeld wasn't going to work because it's a New York show, and you know, Judge Judy's not going to work in African American markets. And you know, you hear all these things, but a good show transcends all of it. We're just a couple of months out from the traditional sort of uh, pivot point of the syndication year, which is January. Obviously a little anachronistic in the world that we live in, especially yes. is for the reasons you were just saying. But it is, nonetheless, it is, it is sort of a time of year when, a, when a, we start to get a sense of what is going to be coming for the fall and what, you know, what may or may not be coming back mm -hmm. that could be on the fence. Mm -hmm. This year we've seen... To, to to my mind, it seems like the the some of the larger distributors that are in the first run business have a little more ambition this year. We've got some big projects with Drew Barrymore, with Nick Cannon, some talk shows. We're seeing some different formats of cooking and different kinds of games. What do you think, since you deal with all of the distributors, what do you think is accounting for what's driving this, you know, uptick? Not a surge, but an uptick in interest in producing for first run when we, when we just talked about the market's pretty challenged. Sure. You know, I, I think part of it is this sort of a new sheen on, on the station business over the last few years, you know, between consolidation and acquisitions and, you know, cord cutting, um, the importance of or reemergence, if you will, of local news at times of disaster mm -hmm. and, and things that have gone on, you know. What what I remember hearing 15 years ago, you know, we were old media, you know, and then we heard it again 10 years ago. Right. Um, you know, we're still here. Right. And, and, and still very profitable in many ways. And still uh, the largest source of news and information, you know. For sure. Generally thousand speaking, hours a week in our, in our every, group. So. Every survey will tell you that local newscasts still in the world of, you know, digital and all, you know, communications on a, in a nanosecond. It, it's pretty amazing that all the Pew Research studies always say, always still local and national. But that local news, you know, you, you get up in the morning, you need to know what the weather's going to be. No, and and look, it might you know these days people will get it on their phone, but it, it's still maybe the local station on your phone. You know, right. it, it, it's consumed differently, but the information still carries a lot of wallop, you know, and, you know, people would, would ask me, how do you compete with the streamers? I said, well, you know, when when a hurricane happens, they don't go to Netflix. They come to, you know, KRIV in Houston, you know, we hope. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, our future. I mean, that's, we, we have to be, we have to be number one in, 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 in being that to people. But I think overall, again, the acquisitions, mm -hmm. um, you know, the company consolidation. I mean, we're now one of four companies in Fox, where we used to be one of however many. Oh, right. You know? so, a much more diversified ab company absolutely. before the Disney sale. Yeah. So, so, you know, now we're looked at a little differently as well because we're sort of a bigger piece of the pie. But you, know, you also have these big companies that have owned that own stations and they realize all the same things that we do in a lot of ways. So, you know, if you're going to thrive, you're going to need shows. You know, and, you know, network models change. We've seen soap operas go away. Mm -hmm. There's still some game shows on. But um, get a hit in this business. You'd still be okay.
you know, everybody in media world is talking about streaming and the audience's embrace of on-demand platforms mm-hmm. that are obviously different than the than the live tele, you know, the live linear viewing that that we've all grown up with. Um, what on the local level do you see that is there demand? Is are the audiences for even for local programming trying to, to, trying to move online? Do you feel like that your stations need to have that? Have a streaming yes, option. I do. I, yeah, we do. We 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 think that for sure. Um, we we need to be able to con- be consumed how people are consuming, and so yeah, we definitely need to be there. I think there's a question whether or not our five day a week programming, whether it's syndicated or local, is sort of something that would work on a streamer, because I think people consume that differently. You know, they they're not going there. For, I mean, I don't know how Jeopardy's doing on Hulu or wherever right. they are, but you know, we've had shows that we put up on streamers and they just don't exist. So I don't know whether you can take a a hit syndicated show, even if it's first run, put it on a streamer and and have success because that's not how it's consumed. You know, what we do is so much about habit, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So that remains to be seen. Let me ask you on the flip side of the first run question, um, you know, this is um, this has been an incredible time for media right now, and big companies taking you know ninety degree turns in their business models. Sure. Disney, AT and T, NBC going going big into the streaming platform business. All of that is going to add up to you know big changes in the supply chain of programming. You know, off network shows, big hits, big hit off network shows have been very important to the Fox TV station group. Are you concerned that the supply of successful off network shows is is going to winnow in the coming years? No. I no, and I, and I think we sort of saw this coming honestly 10 15 years ago. Wow. You know, when that long when, ago. We, when we started, I mean, obviously, I mean when they when they first started going to cable, you knew things were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, True. When we bought Big Bang Theory, it, we knew there was a, a, a concurrent cable window. At least Friends, you know, a million years ago, you had exclusive broadcast for a little while, three years, I think, and then it went to turn or whatever. So this was already starting to get brewing mm-hmm. some time ago. And then mm-hmm. you had DVDs. That was a big problem. I remember mm-hmm. a big concern, I should say, with Seinfeld. Oh, my God, they're putting them all out on DVD. What are we going to do? You know, so... And then iTunes comes out, and they're selling the shows on their on the iTunes right. library. And you can watch them, right. And you can watch them on your iPad. And so this was sort of manifesting itself for a while. We sort of saw that. Um, we saw that coming. Now, you know, it, it, it sort of coincided to some degree with, for some reason, studios producing less of them, or there's certainly less of them that worked. Mm-hmm. But between all of those factors... You know, we we thought years ago that you know sitting around waiting for the next you know big off net show was not going to be the way to uh, to do it. If one came, great. But you know, I I soon after we bought Big Bang, I think our our thought was the next Big Bang is going to go right to a streamer. You know, the next next Big Bang we're not even going to get a sniff at. Mm. You know, and and as we've acted sort of that way. Uh, since then, and so would you say that off-network programming is less has become less important for us? No question. No, for the station no, no question. Look, look, Big Bang still makes a lot of money. We're 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 okay with the degree that we're in it, but we also know that um, it's waning. And and again, you know, you look at the ratings in prime time. You know, we had a 
And when we had the studio, we used to get pitched all of these shows. I mean, legions of them. Right. And they would all come through. Yeah. Your, they would well, all come no, through your office. We would get because they'd all have, you know, whatever, three years in, four years in. I'm not going to mention any of the shows. But the conversations would be like, well, why don't you want this? Well, I just forget about how great the show is. It's a one rating on in Prime. That tells me it doesn't really matter much in Prime to the viewers. What's it going to mean to us? Even less, you know? Um, and then I think when you, you started to get projects that people would want to bring out, but then realized that if they put them out, they'd lose money, you know, given the ratings that they'd get. And some, some well-rated, some decently rated and high-quality programs. I, mean, I remember when they had to pull um, Curb Your Enthusiasm and, and um, uh, the, whatchamacallit, the curb and entourage <clears throat> out of syndication because they were losing it cost them money to actually put it out to, in to syndication pay, to pay the royalties and the music rights yeah, and all it just that didn't yeah. make sense so and there's been a few that didn't go because of that quality programs i mean we're not talking about bad shows it just um you know when you when, when you generate that that kind of audience in your primary run and this was at the time I'd be like, well, what's it going to? How, how could it possibly matter for us? And so, how could we possibly pay for it? You know. Now, to put that little idea in with all the other things that were happening with Offnet and Library and everything else, and again, and I think Jack coming from Fox News, you know, live twenty four seven. You know, the the idea was we can't sit around and wait mm-hmm. for uh, for the next big bang. You know, um, especially now. Um, right, and that explains an- another reason for your ramp up in your own development. Oh, no doubt, yeah. no, no doubt. I think it's more about being live and first run as much as possible as it is us doing it. I mean, we'll, you know, we have Warner Brothers doing a lot of those shows for us. You know, Dev mm-hmm. Arnold. So mm-hmm. it, where it comes from, we can figure it out. But having it, I think, is the main thing, whether it comes from us or not. Mm-hmm. But certainly, the news, you know, doing a thousand hours of news a week across our group, but absolutely, it is, is is a big part of that. Um, you know, I I bought all those off net shows, <laughs> right? At one point or another, right? right? Which is sort of funny now because now they're going for to streamers for bigger money than they ever saw. You know, it's 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 hysterical, but um, you have to evolve. Absolutely, yeah. Change DV, your... DVR proof, as uh, a wise man once said. <laughs> Change your so, die, right? Yep. Um, let me ask you about. Um, we were talking about you have you know two stations in many markets to program, and that is a yeah. that is more than a full time job. You also have a lot of multicast yes. real estate, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, you have arrangements with a number of third party mm-hmm. providers that yeah. have different niches. How is that business overall shaping up? It seems like it's been a good ten years that the various big groups sure. have been experimenting. Yeah, we haven't been in quite that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good business, uh, or it can be a good business. I think there may be a, a sort of glut of channels. Mm-hmm. You there know, are over a lot the last of half dozen there. years, there's been you know many more channels added to the mix. Our friends at Weigel, you know, with MeTV, and mm-hmm. um, you know the movie channel they did with MGM originally, which is this TV. Mm-hmm. Like for the first guys in, sort of, I think, um, you know, sort of foresaw the future a little bit and got in there and, and did it. But I think that there's been some over the last few years that just, you know, are just additive, but I don't know what they bring to the table as far as viewership. Um, you know, the names of them, I don't understand what, what they're <laughs> even about. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, using Spectrum, and that's fine. 
Um, but I wonder what the long-term play for viewers is going to be mm-hmm. you know, on some of these things. I mean, I'm, what, I'm, what I like to do, what we like to do is put stuff on these channels that we don't do on particularly on the um on the primary channel. So it's you a know, true so alternative. For yeah. Somebody, yeah, right? I mean I think that makes sense. We we you know we do movies which is certainly that and and H&I which is a, a classic television or hour drama sort of um channel which mm-hmm. is fine and then Buzzer which is a game show channel which is which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And we've done some things with them that have sort of cross-pollinated. The one that we most recently did um was which is Decades mm-hmm. with Weigel. That one may be one where we get in and you know provide some content for mm-hmm. it's sort of a historical channel. Um they do first run with news personalities like Bill Curtis and they look back at history and and you know the fact is we have um, you know, 16 markets with archives, you know, and so th- right. there, there's ways that things can be packaged to be additive to that. Um, so even in our own world, you know, the idea that we'd be producing movies to put on movies, that wasn't going to happen. Right. But right. for something like decades, I think it's, it, it could be something we could we could enhance just given what our business is on the primary stations. Would you so, say that, that the multi, you know, developing the multicast real estate is a priority for the station? I mean, it hasn't been, you mm-hmm. know, it hasn't been, you know, we, we didn't know for a while, like what was going to, how the spectrum auction was going to shake out. Right. And, you know, right now we're doing the best we can with it. Um, you know, whether that's the ultimate future uh, for us, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But in the meantime, we have some, some some channels that we're proud of that you know we've gotten good feedback on that makes some money and mm-hmm. uh, you know we're going to continue in that manner. Which which of the channels have been most successful for you? Um, you know, again, we're kind of more passive in it. You know, right, we don't. Right. But I mean, know, for your stations, the channels yeah, I mean, that you picked, movies probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one that's been on the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that, when it comes off for any am- amount of time, we get hate mail. You know, <laughs> that's a, which that's is kind of good. A sign. It might be from the same guy. You know, I think that's probably correct. And, you know, Buzzer's an interesting one, too, because you get, you know, you get, quote, you get like posts on Facebook. I think there's, unfortunately, people out there that think that these shows are really on now. Um, so, you know, I'll leave that up to their therapists. But but it, it, you get some interesting feedback uh, on, on some of these channels. But I think Movies was the one. It was the first one we got in. We sort of own that and have contracted with Weigel. They sort of run it for us. The other ones were not as active. It's mm-hmm. basically we're, you know, they're leasing our signal. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we certainly want, you know, the programming to be of quality. And the people that we've worked with to this far, thus far have, have certainly delivered that. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. I think there's too many of them, and I think some need to go away mm-hmm. um, overall. And and you know we'll see how that develops. I think it's going to be interesting to see what that real estate becomes for you sure, know, not just for no Fox, question. but other stations. For anybody, like what yeah, it, yeah. What no, that no, will there's, there's, there's no question. It is interesting though because if you, you know, I'm not advocating gourd cutting necessarily, but you know, if you, certain markets, if you look at what you can get over the air. Um, Seriously, it looks like cable in the '80s. If you if you had a uh, a uh, national sports net on there, you'd be like set, you know. And yeah. it, it, it's really interesting. Um, the spectrum, uh, you know, how the use of the spectrum and how how, how varied some of these channels are, uh, along with your your big broadcast stations in each market. So you can get by with that if you had to, you know, if you had a good antenna. Um, but um, I still think they're. I think we've we've pushed it. 
you know, as far as the number yeah. of channels that are there. And I think there's only so much DR money around that, right. you know, it certainly has taken, taken some out of the syndication pocket. There's no question about that. In terms of uh, some of the lower-end advertising. No question. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And and I think, you know, stations that are fourth or fifth or sixth in a market have suffered, too, yeah. for some of these stronger DigiNets. Right. So. And those are typically, on the third-party ones that you are not, that you mm-hmm. just, you say, lease the space, those are typically barter deals? You, you split um, advertising? It's a revenue. No, we, we don't sell our, on, on our particular um, DigiNets, we don't sell any of the ad time. Mm-hmm. So it gets sold and... You know, we get a piece of that depending on what markets we're in, you know, et cetera. Gotcha. So let's take a step back a little bit and just I'd love to ask you just in the big picture, how has your how has the world for the Fox television stations changed from an operational basis now that the that now that the that the separation from 21st Century Fox that that Disney deal is sure. now lock stock and mm-hmm, done mm-hmm. how how has your job changed Yeah you know it's interesting I I you know our day to day doesn't feel that much different but there certainly is a lot more collaboration you know having four companies in this as part of this bigger company um you know I think has spurred you know that, and coupled with a bunch of us moving back to the West Coast, so we're all sort of in the same space. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the time, I think it's been really spurred a lot of, of, of collaboration and, and just communication. People, are, you know, are much more aware of what everybody else is doing. And there have been actual committees set up between the network and the stations, between stations and sports. Like to, mm-hmm. How do we best exploit the platforms that we have, and mm-hmm. more importantly, the product that we have? Um, you know, across all of these areas, and and I know um, Lachlan Murdoch is laser focused on that on it being one company, which now is doable because it's those four divisions essentially: Fox you know. News, Fox Sports, Fox Broadcast Co., and Fox Television Stations. You got it. You can count them on one That's hand. That's it. You can. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know how many hands you needed. You know, and before, before that, but before it was like a company of. 20,000 plus people. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and, a- but what's been really cool about it, too, is, you know, we were sort of the division that, you know, was run out of the East Coast, and, you know, we were sort of here. But being out there, you know, we, we have a lot of folks that work in these different areas saying, you know, well, so how did this happen? What did I see that you just, you guys just did? And, you know, they're much more curious about sort of how we do our day-to-day. I mean, everybody knew we made money, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I think that's really sort of exciting. To and I'm, I'm meeting a lot of new people in in a lot of these areas that I never met before, and and it's it's been great from that standpoint too. You've been at Fox. You've seen so you, at a, a company that's always been innovative and at the forefront by its very birth as a network was disruptive. Sure. What do you? And you've been there for so long. Yes. What keeps you engaged in the business? The idea. That I have to say, it's it's been incredible. To work at a place where the fear is never to fail. The fear is to not think of new stuff. I don't think I can put it any more simple than that. Because that, that, that has been true since the day I drove on the Fox lot in you know, 1991. There was always that idea that don't ever worry about your crazy ideas not working. You know, worry about not having crazy ideas, you know, um, and that keeping things the same were never, was never going to be good enough. And that was every boss I ever worked for in that company. That, well, company. It, it, yeah. an ethos that comes from the head down. Yeah, Great. no question. And that, and, that was, and that was real. And that was, you could, 
you could feel it, you know. And I, I was there, you know, early, you know, Fox wasn't even seven nights yet as a, as a network. But I remember sort of things like, you know, which I have nothing to do with, um, things like, you know, moving, you know, Simpsons next to Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then obviously the NFL and station acquisitions and all the other gigantic things that the company did. But, you you know, it, there was always a sense that something cool was right around the corner, you know, and I think it's still true now. I really do. I really do. So. No question. No, now it's a sunny front row seat because we're back in Los Angeles. So it's, uh, it's, it's terrific. Thank so. you, Frank. Well, thank you for braving the East again. And oh, so oh appreciate my God, it's, it's difficult. Yes, but thank you for having me very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Strictly Business. 